Thanks for listening to podcast number nine, the new VFD, a conversation with Phil Trowbridge. I'm Blake Long. I'm Gage Long, and you're, you're listening to This Business of Beef with our dad, Rance Long, and Jeff Stansberry. Sponsored by BenOnTheBlock.com, where we are your online marketplace for timed online auctions, proxy bidding, providing sale video production, and now real-time broadcasting and bidding at your livestock auction. Hello and welcome back to this business of beef with Rance and Jeff. Thanks for tuning in with us. Hey, we can't say thank you enough for the response that we've had for this uh, business of beef podcast. Thanks for all the listens. Uh, We are knocking on the door of uh, 1,000 listens, and it is all thanks to you and your participation. Uh, Sure enough, thanks for sharing our podcast with your friends on uh, Facebook. And thanks for all the mentions uh, when we're out on the road for all you guys that have listened. It's been a lot of fun for us to do these, and we appreciate it. Also, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at BidOnTheBlockUS. And you can also follow us on Periscope the same way. And of course, as usual, you are always welcome and invited to visit our website where we archive our podcast at BidOnTheBlock.com. Rance, here we are again this week with a very special friend of ours. Jeff, we've got a special guest on this episode of the podcast, a very good friend of mine, Mr. Phil Trowbridge from Gintin, New York, is joining us. And Phil's got some special things to talk about tonight, some issues that are really going to impact all of us in the beef industry. But before we get into that, I just want to give a little recap uh, on Phil and Phil's uh, program at Trowbridge Farms, and it's a family-owned operation where he and his son PJ um, are there day-to-day making um, quite a few decisions, genetic decisions that really have made a positive impact on on the Angus business throughout the country. But Phil's really spent a lot of time uh, focusing on uh, working with commercial producers in the Northeast, throughout uh, New York, Pennsylvania, then on up into the New England states. And Phil's developed quite a program up there selling uh, Angus bulls to some of the top commercial programs in that area. Uh, Phil, how long have you been in the uh, Angus business? Well, our family started in 1955. Um, I've been in it my whole life, which now ends up being 60 years. Um, And we've been having uh, sales, production sales, for now 25 years. Um, And uh, it's become a way of life for us here. Well, it truly is a family operation, and when you look at the uh, uh, catalog for both the spring uh, bull sale and the fall female sale, you can see the family's continuing to grow. It seems like each uh, each year we're always adding a new picture uh, due to the expanding family, but the family-owned operation feels a bit modest in, in telling you some of the uh, cow power they've had up there, but some of the great Angus females that have ever been in the breed have sold right through the female production sale there uh, the third Saturday in September. September, and then a lot of those uh, progeny uh, in terms of the heifer calves have sold through that same sale in the fall, and then a lot of those bulls have sold through the spring bull sale. And we'll, we'll address that a little bit later. But, Phil, I know there's a special topic that uh, you've been, had the opportunity to spend a little time in D.C. through some discussion and, and listening in to uh, being part of a panel discussion on how uh, the vet feed directive or VFD is going to impact all of us in the uh, in the cattle business. And 
I know Jeff and I believe that this is something that's really going to impact a lot of us, and we'd like to get your input on um, where you see this taking all of us in the beef industry. This, uh, I was asked last summer to uh, talk as a producer at a conference here in New York, and um, there was a foundation, farm foundation, that had put on these. They, I think they did 10 of them across the United States. And I was fortunate enough to be asked to be part of it. And um, I studied and learned a lot about it. The FDA had made rule number 209 and rule number 213, which I had no idea what it was at that point. Um, But long and short is that it is um, you'll no longer be able to buy most of your medicated feeds without a prescription from your vet and we think that um you know it's not a bad idea it's already law so we can't worry too much about what's going on around us Uh, but i i want people to know you know the one of the most important things is that we have to have a veterinary client patient relationship which is a vcpr um and in parts of rural New York, um, we're having trouble finding large animal vets to cover some of these um, areas. And I know that's going to be the same all over the country. And so a lot of people don't know about it. So I've kind of made it my mission in the last eight or nine months to go out and just let people know, starting January 1st, if you wanted to put just say tetracycline in a set of wean calves feed. Uh, you used to go to the tractor supply store, your farm store, and buy it and add a little bit. You, you won't be able to do that anymore. And um, it's not the end of the earth. It doesn't, it doesn't create a big problem for most people. But I encourage you to start trying to build a VCPR, veterinary client-patient relationship, now so that you have that in place if you do need by chance to use some of those uh, feed grade antibiotics in the future Um, so that's one thing I'm really kind of trying to push so but to go back to rule number 209 and 213 basically what the antibiotics that are being affected in livestock feed is ones that they consider essential in the Human Medicine Act. So we're trying to make sure that there is no crossover or no residue uh, that would ever cross over into humans. And there's no scientific proof that says it has, but I think that they've uh, approached us with a great amount of caution. Um, So I'm, I'm trying to help people understand that we just need to start Understanding it, study it, and get your arms around it a little bit, just so that it's not a surprise, because I consider myself a pretty well-read person, and when I first learned about this, it had already been a law for three or four months, um, and not very many people knew about it. So, so far this year, I've had um, 15 producer meetings all across the Northeast, And as Rance alluded to, I was very lucky to be invited uh, to the Antimicrobial Summit in Washington in January, Um, again put on by the Farm Foundation. 
it was uh, it was an off, awesome conference, um, and I was fortunate to be a, a speaker there also. So I feel pretty well versed about it, and um, I think that this is my way of giving back just a little bit. I think it's so important for especially our smaller producers that may not know it, they have to uh, just be aware of it. I want to interject right there, Phil. I've always admired about you and the program there. You take customer service to a level that um, few other producers do, and I think even though this doesn't directly affect a, a live walking bull that you're selling, or a female for that matter, your customer service is always uh, relaying the message out there of what's, what's the issues that are going to impact uh, your small producers or your large producers because those small producers, they don't have access to all the knowledge that um, a lot of the larger producers do, and I've always admired that about your uh, willingness to spread the good word. Well, I appreciate that, and, um, you know, we, we feel as though that's that's very important, and, and you know, I, I learned that growing up. I had some some great, great people to look up to, and, you know, there was uh, a lot of different Angus farms around the Northeast here that kind of took me under their wing as a kid that I was very enthusiastic about the business, so um, I really never had a person kind of turn me away or turn me down. And I think that uh, that's kind of what's propelled me into wanting to help folks today. Uh, you know, as you talk about our customer service, uh, I really believe our customer service, I'm not going to say we're the best there is, but you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that, you know, if you have a question or a problem, all you got to do is ask and We'll we'll try to fix it, and this educational component is so important to us. Uh, actually, we uh, we started an intern program here um, just a little over twenty five years ago now, and we're um, just about to get our hundred and twenty first intern starting here in about two weeks, and that's our educational component, and that's where this VFD program came about for me. Phil, that you mentioned that you guys were having a little bit of an issue, um, maybe up in your part of the country on on getting these VCPRs uh, established a little bit. Uh, now, if you can elaborate on that to the extent of, let's say that that I've not had to deal with with any of this and getting any medications in any feed or anything, it, it, what are your suggestions for me as someone who's traveling down this road that you've already been down? What are some maybe like steps that I need to take in order to get this uh, this VCPR established? Uh, with a local veterinarian. You know, the, the as I talked about it, a lot of folks don't realize how rural New York is, and there's a lot, many other states just like us. We actually have some problems, large animal veterinarians getting out into the rural areas uh, because they're limited in this part of the world somewhat. So I would tell you the first thing to do is establish some kind of a relationship with a veterinarian. Get in touch with them, you know, when they're going to start having to prescribe medications for you, they're going to want to know your operation. So you're going to have to pay for a call charge probably to get a veterinarian that's going to come out to your farm. They're going to look around 
and get a pretty good idea of how your operation is. And that's kind of step two is to get them to the farm. Um, and, you know, some veterinarians are going to actually ask you or have some kind of a um, very simple written contract that you have a veterinary client-patient relationship. Uh, and I think that that's one of the reasons I'm pushing these meetings is, you know, come December 15th, don't think you're going to pick up the phone and start establishing some kind of a rapport with a local veterinarian. So you start, and they need to kind of start getting after that now. Um, and, you know, the, the third thing that I think you have to be comfortable with the veterinarian. Uh, that's something that um, it's, it's, again, it's that client-patient relationship that, you know, if you have a veterinarian you're not happy with or you don't necessarily get along with them, um, it's going to be a long struggle if you have to, if by chance you ever do need to get some kind of a feed-grade antibiotic. So um, I would really encourage you to start researching it and getting a handle on it now. And to reiterate that that date, the reason that you bring up that December 15th date, don't expect to, to get anything done by that time. The reason for that is is because of the January date. That's right. right. The t- January 1st is the drop-down date where, you know, they, you know, we have an understanding they're not going to come check your farm to see if you have illegal antibiotics there, but you don't want somebody just happening in or and you have something you shouldn't have. Um, so I think that we really do need to be diligent about it and study it and you know start trying to get ahead of it months in advance instead of just a week or two. Okay, well, that's uh, that's really good information, and, and we appreciate you uh, sharing. Uh, I, I will say this: I, I know that you have a uh, you have a bull sale that's coming up, but uh, uh, I I don't think that you would have any problem at at all with anybody contacting you should they have some more specific questions about this. Correct? Not not at all. And and uh, honestly, if there's other people that want to know about it, we have um, we have built some powerpoints here. We'd be glad to send them to us. Just contact us. Um, and if you need literature or reference material, um, contact me, and I'll tell you what direction to go. And you know, I think it's there's some very good information out there. It just needs to get distributed. And could you give us your uh, a website and maybe an email address or something like that to give us a point of contact yep. for you? Yep, and uh, our, our our website is trowbridgefarms.com, T-R-O-W-B-R-I-D-G-E-F-A-R-M-S.com. And you can either contact myself or our son, PJ. The email is uh, PJ's is PJ at trowbridgefarms.com and mine is phil p-h-i-l at trowbridgefarms.com and um, contact us anytime we'll be glad to help you that's not a problem great great now uh, you guys have a, uh, a pretty important uh, saturday coming up here tell us about it yeah this this coming saturday's uh, i think this is our 18th bull sale and 
Um, we're going to sell just, just shy of 60 bulls. Um, really have a high-quality set of bulls this year, and uh, we've just completed all the semen tests. They've all been genomically tested, parent-verified, um, you know, so that they're DNA'd, they're BVD'd, they're vaccinated, they're wormed, they're semen tested. We think we've done everything we can possibly do to have them ready for our customers. Um, and, you know, there, there'll be about 60 bulls. And this year we're helping the New York beef producers. We've got about 30, 35 of their females that we're going to sell just before our bulls to kind of get started. Um, so Saturday promises to be an exciting day. We're, we're looking forward to it. This is always a, a great time of year for us. And we get to see a lot of customers that we don't routinely get to see. Uh, so we look forward to that also. And the, uh, the venue for that sale is? We're, we're at the Finger Lakes Livestock Exchange. It's in Canandaigua, New York, kind of in western New York, uh, just off of State Route 20 or right on State Route 20. Um, but it's, uh, it's one of the nicest livestock facilities you'll go to. Um, clean, neat, great place to be. We really enjoy working with the Ronnie Parker family there to help us put this on. You know, uh, one thing I want to interject right there, Jeff, of course, uh, Phil, Phil and his family do the bull sale there uh, the first Saturday in May each year. But then in the fall, they have a feeder calf sale right there in Canandaigua with the uh, same barn where the bull sale is held. And Phil, I think it's only fair to kind of have you elaborate a little bit on the success of that feeder calf sale because that goes a lot for speaking towards your program. Yeah, um, the feeder calf sale we have is the first Saturday in December. Um, you know, in, in some parts of the country, they think I'm getting we're getting a little late with that. Uh, but you know, this is a pretty tough climate up here so a lot of folks really don't start calving till april and may so that has worked out really well for us um, our customers bring calves and we'll sell whatever they bring we recommend them to be bunk pro vaccinated you know just dialed in and ready to go right to the feedlot or new owners and um, we've had great success with it. You know, we'll we'll have two to three hundred calves show up um, for our section, and every year it's gotten a little bigger. Um, and we've always been fifteen to twenty to twenty-five cents over the market with that section of calves, and so it's it's been very rewarding. And now we're getting people that have bought those cattle that are return purchasers because they've done so well with them they really like our calves sired by our bulls and how they can compete and finish and what they yield and grade on the rail the, the buyers have been really happy with their product you guys have mentioned the the female sale that you have uh, which is is that uh, uh remind me phil is that uh, august is that late august or september September used to be late August. Now we're September nineteenth this year. I see, and uh, and you do the bull sale, but you also have a uh, you also have a an invitational sale in Denver. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a great thing for us, uh, and it's now been going on quite a few years. You know, it's twelve 
14, 15 years that we've been having this invitational sale in Denver for our customers. And that's been a real successful sale. And I think people have really enjoyed coming to it uh, because it always promises to have some great young cattle and embryos um, along with some donor cows. And that's another one of those customer service things that that's how that started out. Um, working was we were trying to find a way to do some things for different customers, different parts of the country. And so our sale during the National Western Stock Show is, has been uh, very successful the last several years. Well, it's been a pleasure having Phil Trowbridge, past president of the American Angus Association, join us for this podcast. I think Phil had some very informative information on the BFD uh, prerogative that lies ahead for all of us in the industry. And sure appreciated Phil recapping the Trowbridge marketing program, beginning with the bull sale in May, uh, the female sale in September, followed by their feeder calf sale they do in December. And then, of course, uh, as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, the invitational sale we do each year during the National Western Stock Show. So, Phil, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, the week before your bull sale to be with us. I appreciate it, and thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I uh, always enjoy doing this. Folks, we want to remind you that you can watch and bid live at the uh, Trowbridge uh, Farms uh, uh, performance uh, sale uh, this Saturday at bidontheblot.com. Uh, you are welcome to go to the website and register and request a bid. And I'm sure that Phil and Rance both would uh, would love to have you participate. Well, folks, that wraps things up for Rance and myself for this business of beef for this week. Special thanks to our guest and good friend, Phil Trowbridge. And thank you for taking part of your valuable time to spend it with us. Rance and I will be talking to you soon on This Business of Beef. This Business of Beef is sponsored by BidOnTheBlock.com, your online marketplace. Remember to log on to BidOnTheBlock.com to watch the live webcast of the Trowbridge Farms performance-tested bull sale Saturday, May the 7th, and closing on May the 8th, the Run for the Roses, Angus Genetics, online sale, Have a great week.